Welcome to The Mental Cast, powered by Soul Performance Academy. The Mental Cast is a podcast focused on the topics and people helping drive us forward in leadership, learning, and our personal journeys. Just a reminder, you can send in your questions using the hashtag AskDanMickle, A-S-K-D-A-N-M-I-C-K-L-E, or sending an email to info at danmickle.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Mental Cast. Here is the host of The Mental Cast, Dan Mickle. Hey everyone, this is Dan Mickle with The Mental Cast, and we're in for a treat. We are going, as promised, to part two with our interview from back in, when was that, January? January? Yeah, it may be even, yeah, I think it was after the new year. I think it was like the first or second week of January where we, were, uh, we did the, uh, the restaurant portion. Uh, our interview with Donald Reeser Jr., Reeser Soft Ice Cream. And, uh, you know, he has three distinct areas that we're going to talk about. We already talked about his, you know, life as much as we could in such a short time uh, as an entrepreneur and What's the official restaurateur? Proprietor. Restaurateur or proprietor of Risha's ice cream. I I was close. (laughs) Uh, Today I want to talk about your weight loss journey Um, because it was pretty radical. And for someone that knows you, it was kind of out of nowhere. Like I wasn't expecting it to happen. Um, So I just want to, we'll start at the beginning. Before we begin, I just kind of want to say that we're not really like endorsing or saying, hey, this is the plan or this is how you should do it. This is more about how you did it and what worked for you and what was going on through your mind. So I don't want people to think that you're giving away some secret or, you know, plan or program or that we're advocating anything because neither of us are medical doctors. No, as a matter of fact, I I wouldn't really recommend the method in which I did it because it was pretty... um, I don't want to say severe, but extremely intense and it was hard to maintain. And, you know, it, it, there were a lot of moments where I was really kind of burned out, but just, you know, kind of persevered. So yeah, it's not a method or a process, but more kind of, I guess, looking at the, like you say, the mental process behind it and what it takes to kind of persevere. All right. So let's start at the beginning. Um, Let's get the stats out of the way. What what were you, if you don't mind? No, no problem. Like, what were you weight wise, BMI wise, like anything that you knew? Like, to give, give us a background of where you started at. So I don't know the exact BMI, but it was it could have been like forty eight, forty nine, which is a ridiculous number. But uh, February twenty eighth of two thousand nineteen, uh, went to the doctors at the behest of my wife for the first time for a checkup in probably twenty five years, and the numbers were were distressing you know you get to be a certain size a certain health level of health you don't want to know the numbers ignorance is really bliss so i thought oh i'm about 300 pounds i was not 300 pounds i was 365 pounds uh bmi i said in the high 40s um a1c was on the verge of being a full-blown diabetic blood uh, blood pressure was dangerously high um you know cholesterol very unsafe levels. And, uh, you know, I, my weight had crept up through the years. I was always kind of a bigger guy, worked out in high school, worked out in college, but, you know, just didn't take care of myself for 10 or 15 years. And when you get to be 365 pounds, it, it really affects your body in a lot of different ways. 
So prior to actually going to the doctors, was there even a hint of, we all go through it. I mean, someone who's also been overweight, you know, in, uh, most of the last 20 years, we have this hint of, I need to change this or I should do better. But was there anything prior to that doctor's appointment that might've triggered this? Like, was there anything lingering in there uh, heavier than normal? Uh, you know, there, once you get on that denial train, it is tough to get off of it. And, you know, and you get into that, you, you, you tell yourself all these cozy lies, but I'm, I'm just a big guy. You know, hey, I work on my feet 60 hours a week. If I can do that, I deserve to eat and drink what I want. But, you know, I was writing off a lot of these telltale signs, having obstructive sleep apnea, where I need to be in bed for 12 hours, but got four hours of sleep. You know, having ongoing issues with gout. Um, a lot of um, arthritis issues in my lower joints and not just the physical things, but, you know, my wife and I were going through it a tough time. And, and, you know, when you get to be that size, you, you don't want to go do things, you know, you don't want to be seen by people outside of your little enclave. So that type of depression sets in where, you know, my wife says, Hey, let's go out. To, let's go to this museum down in Philly. Uh, you know, I don't really feel too well. The fact is I just, I don't want to go do that. You know, and our, our, our marriage was suffering because I wasn't able to show affection because, you know, I just, I really was having problems with my own, you know, view of myself. So, but I got on that denial phase is like, Oh, you know, it's everybody else's problem. I'm fine. You know, I should be able to live my, my life the way I could, but while all these little things were adding up and I wasn't really taking them into account. Um, okay, so let's go to what prompted the doctor's visit. So, again, going back to my wife, who is an awesome human being, never got on my case about saying, oh, honey, you know, I'm not attractive to you because you're that size. She loved me unconditionally. But we were going to couples therapy because, you know, we did have some issues related primarily if, because of me being in ill health. Now that I'm in better health, our, our lifestyle is a lot better. But during one of our um, therapy sessions, she said, boy, it would be really great if you just went to the doctor. You don't have to lose weight, just get a checkup. And I agree, that would be a good, a good way to show that I'm, I'm serious about a relationship. So if she had not kind of put my feet to the fire and said, just go to the doctor, not lose weight, not change your lifestyle, please, honey, I love you, go to the doctor okay, I'll, I'll go to the doctor. And I was coming up with a thousand reasons not to do it. Oh, maybe I could schedule something that might overlap so I don't have to go that day. But, you know, the day of, I was pacing around and nervous and dry mouth, but, you know, bit the bullet. And that last day of February, 2019, I went, and that was, that was kind of the linchpin to get things, get things started. And I think we had lunch probably the day before or yes, yes, very, we did. Cl very close. But it was, it was the day before. I remember that because I was not a happy camper. Right. And that's what I was going to mention. Like there was definitely something from the psyche sense going on in your mind. Like, I don't think you were worried mm -hmm. like, Hey, they're going to tell me I have a month to live, but no. I think you were preparing yourself for, I'm yeah. going to get the riot act. Well, not so much that it's like, you know, you get used to telling yourself cozy lies, you know, and it's like, you know, I, I didn't own a scale for, I think, 25 years. <laughs> who wants to, who wants to know that, you know, right, and, right. and um, you know, it, 
but it's that moment, you know, as William S. Burroughs says, you, know, you got to look at what's on the end of your fork. You know, this is your really your life. And you, I, I needed someone to tell me that. And, you know, when someone, when you need to hear something from someone, the last thing you want to do is hear that thing from that person. But it was just so, so valuable in that moment of kind of, you know, you know, a reality check to, to, to start that process. Hey, you know, you are at, at rock bottom. So you can go deeper, but you're, you're in a bad spot, Donnie. And that's how it started. So we're the same as most people in our area We're we, we have a relationship. Like I like to think beyond the, the doctor's office with most of our doctors, you know, like <clears throat> I, I, I feel like had he been my doctor, you know, um, I, I would have, invited Dr. Dunkelberger to my wedding. Like that's the type of relationship I have with my personal doctor. And I know that's kind of the relationship you have with your doctor. Yeah. Do you feel that that helped push you to that? Like, do you feel if you went in and had a different doctor that you didn't have that relationship, you would just been like, this guy doesn't know me. I don't care. But because of that relationship, do you feel like it it had any bearing at all on? Honestly, I don't think I did. I actually saw the the physician assistant instead of the doctor. And, And I would run into Dr. Cox occasionally. Um, you know, cause we do some, some business with him and he would say, you know, junior, we got to get you in there for a checkup. He wouldn't, you know, he, he wouldn't bug me, but every time he'd say, you know, junior, we should just get you in for a checkup. And I think that was partially my parents maybe kind of bending easier also. Um, I, I don't think the, the familiarity with him improved the chances or de- decreased the chances of me going in. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't think so. That, that, that changed my opinion towards it. All right. So I'm sure probably like some results trickled in. Like it, it probably wasn't, I mean, obviously like the weight and, and what you know is pretty instant, but maybe a day or two to get like the cholesterol back or, or whatever. So let's just fast forward like a couple days when you mm-hmm. finally have all the data, not, not just the scale and the blood pressure, but you now have the cholesterol and yeah. the blood sugar or what, yeah. you know, everything they did. What instantly goes through your mind when you put all those parts together was it oh lord i need to change this or oh it's really bad or you know i, I this is the way it's always been no big deal like yeah, I, I i fulfilled my requirement i've gone to the doctor and here we go uh, it was definitely the first two because i realized that it wasn't just going to the doctor but you know what's good what what good are those diagnostics you, you might as well not if you're not going to make use of those diagnostics as a, you know, as a benchmark, what's the use of even going, you know, I didn't, I didn't go just to, you know, I, I went to class, not just to get the grade. I went to class to learn something. And uh, when I saw those numbers, I, I and they said, well, you're going to be on these four or five medications. I, I hadn't taken so much as aspirin, you know, I think for 25 years when I had to get a, you know, a pill counter, a pill calendar, I was like, so this is what it's going to be like. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, but it, it really was that kind of moment. It's like, well, are we going to, you know, are we going to do something about this? Yeah, we, we are. And it, it really, it really literally started that the day, the, that evening after having my appointment, I was like, well, you know what? We're not going to eat these things I usually have. I'm not going to engage in, unhealthy eating. I'm not going to eat at times when I shouldn't be eating. I'm not going to be eating things that I shouldn't. So it really began right away. And 
you know, that, as we mentioned in other parts, the hardest part for me was deciding, are we going to do it? You know, once you've decided, it's easy. You know, you know, if you're not going to take care of yourself, what's the difference between two pieces of pizza and four? I'm not getting fit for anybody. I don't care. But once you realize, I'm going to do this. You know, anything worth doing is worth doing to an extreme. And that meant cutting out large portions of my traditional unhealthy diet. And it, it began immediately. And it wasn't fun. But, and I don't want to say it was easy, but when you decide that you're going to do it, it, it takes out that kind of, well, maybe I can cheat a little bit. It's like, no, we're going we're gonna to do this. So it sounds like the diet was the first thing on your mind. Like, was it or was it, did everything hit at once or were you like, okay, I'm going to hit the diet, then I'm going to think about exercise and I'm going to also try and get the sleeping issue yeah. under control or, or what was the, the diet? Know, what was the- a diet was immediately because, because of scheduling issues and also because I was so grossly, morbidly obese. Working out at that point was really not an option. I'm not going to be able to go into a gym and do it. And I didn't want anyone to see me either at that point. Uh, at that point, and I would have, it was also kind of a, a collusion of a lot of great things. Uh, Planet Fitness opened eight minutes from my house, right about the time I was saying, hey, I'm ready to start working out. But at that point, it hadn't been open yet. Um, it was in March. My restaurant opened for the season in April. So I knew that I was going to become a bit more physically active, just preparing to get open. And then when the shop is open, I'm on my feet all the time. So that built in some, albeit anaerobic exercise, I was still going to be on my feet. 40 to 60 hours per week, which is going to build in a certain level of activity. Uh, but the diet was immediate. Also, the, the, um, the taking of you know, medicine every single day, checking my blood sugar. And then, you know, I, I, didn't, I wasn't really weighing myself. And I thought, well, I can tell already I'm losing a pound or two. So I went out and I got a Bluetooth scale. And it was amazing to not only see the numbers, but to be able to see that feedback on my phone graphically. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Great. So the diet was the first thing. I knew that I had to definitely get my weight down before I even possibly considered getting into a gym because I didn't want anyone to see me in a gym. I, I don't. I, I wanted to get fit before I started getting fit. Right. And and I could be wrong on this, but if I remember correctly, it's not like you went from. Well, I, I don't know what your caloric intake was. You, you know, prior. It was, it was, most, it was all- most of us don't know until we look back on it but it's not like you went to like eight thousand calories a day to 500 like no i remember our lunches was just a slight change you know yeah different a salad for this and a different dressing for that so it's not like you went total no atkins or south beach or anything you just kind of started right with maybe making some swaps and some portion sizes yeah I went from easily 10 servings of red meat per week. And we're not talking four ounces of lean ground beef. We're talking a double bacon cheeseburger with mayonnaise, but eliminating things like, you know, too much, eliminating a lot of the cheese, no mayonnaise, absolutely nothing fried, cutting, cutting down or eliminating red meat altogether. Um, but a lot of it also getting away from pizza, which was tough. But a lot of us, I would go out for a drink after work and I'd come home. I was like, oh man, let's get a handful of cheese and potato chips and let's kill it. That's not doing anybody any good. And that's not really nutrition. That's not feeding yourself. That's just indulging. So yeah, I would come home from the pub. Instead, you know, I'd grab some hummus and, and celery, but you put some hot sauce on that. You put 
you know, a, you know, a little bit of taco seasoning, man, it's still got great flavor. Instead of eating maybe 2,500 calories when you come home at the end of the night, which is doing no good whatsoever, is you know, you eat a bunch of celery and some hummus. Maybe you're having 300 calories and it tastes great. You get that crunch. So it's finding not just what you're eating, but when you're eating it right. and, and say, hey, I'm, I'm liable to fall into a bad decision making at this point or under these circumstances. Let's have something available at that point in time that I can, oh, yeah, this is almost as good, you know, and, and, and do that. So that wasn't radical. And then you addressed the sleep apnea. Yeah, that was and that was one of those kind of secondary things that really helped also where I didn't have to be in bed for 12 hours to get four hours of sleep. I could be in bed for six hours and get five and a half and not waking up with headaches or always tired or foggy. Um, and, and there's a lot of evidence to say that, you know, once you get on CPAP, um, it helps with your blood pressure and it helps with weight loss and things like that. I, I'm sure that's true. But, I just know that I woke up refreshed for the first time in probably 25 years. My wife didn't have to get up and sleep in another room because I was snoring constantly. Um, you know, it, it made a huge qualitative difference. Yeah. So that was probably the first thing I took away from you. You know, we, we had that talk and I did the sleep study at home, which was a nightmare. You yeah. Know, to, yeah, to it is. Yeah. It yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and, and I don't want to scare anyone. It's not a nightmare. Like you can't breathe and you feel like you're, it, it's just different and, and figuring out the technology and making sure it's connected correctly. So they get results. So. It is. And, it's, and I, and I recommend, I think I even, I may have told you either directly or anecdotally is like, if, if anyone's going, if you're going in for a sleep study, meet the person in person, have them physically show you how to set it up. Not okay. It says in the manual, I, I'm sorry here's a $10 bill. Indulge me. Show me how this works. My unit didn't work the first night and I got no, or it didn't work properly. And they said, Oh, it was a 24 hour line. Oh, great. Good. Cause at two in the morning, I had to call me. This phone line is only monitored between the hours of eight. Well, that's not good. So I was very despondent and I think, well, maybe I'm just too dumb to figure it out. Well, the unit wasn't working as it was supposed to, but the second night we got it, the data came through. But if you're, if you're going to have a sleep study and they give you the home monitor, um, have them physically show you how it works so you can see. I mean, for me, I'm a visual learner. So, you know, if you, if you can just pick it up by looking at it, good for you. But I recommend so that you don't get there like at 10 o'clock at night. You, you at least have gone through it one time and done it. I, I just remember, and, and I forget what the scale and the, and the numbers were. Um, but it was something like the events, they called them events, you know, HIs, yeah. Um, and if you had, I think it was like 60, that was a pretty high level. And mine was like one thirty. Yeah. And I, and I just remember the doctor, Dr. Dunkelberger looking at me, he's like, Oh Lord, like yeah. this needs to happen now. Like, yeah, I, I think, I think for sleep, for moderate sleep apnea, it's 15 and <laughs> yeah. I had, I had 51 and even my, my tech said, you know, he's like, Oh Lord, we, we, we got to get you in there now. And if you had 120, I don't, I don't it, think you were even sleeping there. my friend. Yeah. It, it, it was literally like, you know, we joke about people dying in their sleep, but you're literally like yeah. on that verge. And, and, and I had the same thing. Like once I got it, it was life changing. No. Oh, yeah. You, you know, that, that first night getting used to having it and how you mm -hmm. can lay. And yeah, I thought it was going to be a, a, a bit more of a nightmare, but man, I was like, 
Yep. It's like flip. It really is like flipping a switch. You're getting, you're getting restful sleep and it prepares you for that next, that next day. Yeah. So I, I, I highly suggest anyone that's having sleep issues, look into it. The, the cost is down. The technology is so much better than what yep. it used to be. Um, I remember I got mine on Monday and I left for Europe on Saturday and I was freaking out. Like, can I carry this on the plane? What can I do? And, and you, everything you worked out fine. And you didn't have the right size mask either. Right. I remember we had to order one or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, I take a medium, time. but I had a large, so it was all kind of wonky and yeah. had to really crank it tight and like there, but, but now it's, it's like, if I miss it or, you know, there's just been times that I've, I've been just so tired. I just go to bed and forget about it. And then yeah. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, Oh, throat's yeah. dry. And yeah. Um, okay. So, let's now transition to the radical part <laughs> and, and let's begin the actual physical uh, activity and, uh, and item. So you start to cut, you change your diet to get a little bit more fit before you begin the fitness and you've changed your sleep. So now the next step is I should probably work out or do something physical mm-hmm. to, to kick it into high gear. So what happens? So during, during the summer at the ice cream shop, I'm on my feet all the time. And I knew that, September, middle September is when we cease retail operations. And I said, you know, don't fall back on bad habits. You're going to have to get into a gym, Donnie. And like I said, Planet Fitness, eight minutes away. My plan was just to do cardio. I have pretty good muscle mass just from working in the restaurant. We sell ice cream, but still we're lugging, you know, 2,500 pounds of supplies three or four times a week. You know, I have pretty decent muscle muscle mass as it was, but I need to, the first thing I need to do for the first six to 12 months is just do cardio. And I'll tell you, Dan, when I, the, the, the hardest part other than going to the doctor the first time was just walking into the gym to sign up. Cause I knew how I still looked. I was still 275, 280. Um, I had lost at that point, 85 pounds, 90 pounds, somewhere around there, but I was terrified. I looked in and I was like, Oh my God, everyone in here is so fit. This is awful. I don't, I, I, I went, so I sat in my Jeep and I sat in my Jeep and I was having a panic attack. And I said, you know, just go in, just go in. I walked in and my mouth was dry. And I, I think I almost tripped over the rug going in. They showed me around and I was just, I couldn't make eye contact with anybody. And, you know, I signed up, you know, the whole, the whole gig and went in the first day and I had worked out in gyms before. So I was familiar with most of the equipment and just, started that first day, I think maybe 30 minutes on the upright cycle and, you know, getting familiar with putting your feet in the things properly, programming it. And I just, I felt awful, but I worked out and I got home and I felt so jazzed that first day. So it was just like 30 minutes, but immediately I saw even faster results. And now not am I eating properly, my metabolism was going. So that second day, yeah, 35 minutes. Yeah, the next day, maybe next week, 40. Upping the intensity, upping the duration to where I got just before the gym closed. I was basically doing, you know, two and a half hours of just gut-wrenching cardio six nights a week. And if I wasn't in the gym, I was doing five to 10 kilometers on the road, you know, on those off nights. So, I mean, I was literally riding, I don't know, 200 200 to 250 kilometers on the bike or and or running an additional 
15 to 20 kilometers per week. And just my body felt like I'd been beaten with a piece of rebar. And we, you would give me great advice to say, Donnie, you're overtraining. And it's the same level of denial. You know, what are you talking about, Dan? You don't know. I got I to work out. And then when I realized I was overtraining and slowed down, my body felt a lot better. And I realized I could do more in less time. Yeah, you, you get into that. You're afraid. You're, you're mm-hmm. afraid to stop yep. because in one day I'm going to go back up with 320 pounds, 340 pounds because I stopped and missed that one day. And as much as I loved using that, that blue tooth scale – I was weighing myself three times a day and you want to talk about angst where you've worked out for two and a half hours and you gained six ounces, six ounces. Oh, you want to talk about wailing and gnashing of teeth and rending of garments. And and my wife could tell right away, did you have a bad day on the scale? I don't want to talk about it. So you, you can't micromanage that either. And, you know, and, and with distance, with time and distance, comes understanding. Hey, your body goes through these, these cycles. Hey, you know, you have that much inflammation from working out. You're, you know, you have a lot of sodium in you. You're retaining some water. But when you're in the middle of it, it's tough to get that, that distance and that understanding. You're, you're so obsessed over every single, you know, ounce, every single workout where you have to look at it a gestalt. Say, hey, I'm doing good things here. It doesn't matter if you have a minor setback. That's okay. In the scheme of things, you lost you know, a hundred pounds in the last 12 months. Don't worry about gaining six ounces. So at the height of it, it was almost an everyday thing. I mean, six six out of seven, maybe even seven out of seven. Yeah. I, I, I look back on the, the planet fitness app and I know that at one point I went 32 days straight training and then I would, I'd say we can only do, six days a week. That's okay. And, you know, I was five in the gym, one on the road, but I was doing, even that day off, I was making sure I was doing some stretching. Uh, I was ambulatory and stuff like that. But when I was going seven days a week, it was, it was tough, but it was, you know, to to load up that gear and go there and know that you're in the next two and a half hours, you're going to hate life. And it it was not, you know, let's go in and check our phone and chit chat. Let's, let's go until we want to, you know, we're, seeing a bright light in the sky and thinking about your walking towards, you know, your eventual death. So other than, I mean, obviously your wife and I'm sure your parents, what else was a motivating factor? Um, you know, we had, we had talked about uh, also with, you know, how do you go into the restaurant, you know, 101 straight days, you know, for me, I, we talked about, it's the same kind of thing. It's that fear and shame, fear of, I don't want to go back to where I was and kind of that deep shame of, you know, I, I hung on to all the, I looked at those pictures all the time of, man, there you are at that, that level of fitness. Don't go back there, Donnie. You, you can't go back there. And I, I, I did use social media was a big help for me and technology was a big help for me because I did post a lot about my workout, but it wasn't so much to, say, look at, look at me. You can do this too. It was, please hold me accountable. I can't, you know, I can't do this by myself. Please, please help me out by tell me what your struggles are. And it was great. A lot of people that were struggling with health asked me for advice. I said, I can't give you advice on diet or workout. I can tell you mentally where you should be. I could say, look, it's okay to not be okay today, but keep moving forward. And it's okay to realize that you're not in great shape. 
So a lot of it was just, I'm, I'm handing my, the keys to my success to a lot of people and say, look, you don't need to keep me motivated, but I want to know that your eyes are on me so that I don't let you down. I'm fine letting myself down. That's the easiest thing to do. I, I don't, yeah, my accountability goes to other people. I want to make, I don't want to make you proud, but I want you, I don't want you, I want you to know that you can do it also. And it's okay to fail a little bit. I was very, very, when I did have a bad day or a bad workout, I would say, Hey, today's workout wasn't great. or I feel awful because it lets other people know, Hey, it's okay to not have a great workout. It's okay to miss a workout. Don't get hung up on it, but go back and hit it hard again. You know, the next day. So it was just, I wanted, I, I wanted to feel other fulfill other people's not expectations, but it's kind of hard to expect it to, to have them also hold me accountable for success. And I wanted them to not be a, you know, an emblem, you know, for them to follow, but to understand that, Hey, you know, you can do it. I'm doing it. I have no, you know, very little motivation some days, but you can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. So if, if we made like a slide scale and 50% was the perfect, you know, middle of the scale on the left-hand side was, um, I would say pride, self-pride and the right-hand side was self-shame. Which, which way does that slider go for, well, for we, what your motivating factor? Was it, was it more of shaming yourself into what you were or was it more trying to get towards the pride and, and Hey, look at me. And I think we're down to the single digits down there. I, I I'd say like a 15 or a 20 because I, you know, even in my best workouts, I just felt that I was a, not a failure, but I was like, man, you just, you're so far from where you want to be. And I think we even said that when I was really, you know, and, and I'm, I'm still, even with the, with the, the, um, the lockdown, I'm actually weighing less than I did at the start of it. Now I think some of that's loss of muscle mass, but when I was training my hardest, I think I even said to you, and I was just so tired and we, we had lunch. I said, you never seem to be so far from your goal is when you start towards it. Um, and I just felt that the, the better shape that I was getting in, the further I was away from where I wanted to get. So I felt emotionally, I think even worse sometimes because it was, and part of that was that overtraining. You're just so tired. You realize you just, you feel just beat up and it's hard to marshal sometimes some, some positivity over it. Did you find yourself, and I can't, I know they changed, but I don't know if they changed because of results or if it was by plan. But did you find yourself changing what your goals were oh, as you yeah. were getting close to them? Or was it like, this is goal one, this is goal two. Like for me, I, I want to set my goals and it would have been like, okay, phase one is lose a hundred pounds. Phase two is the next 50, you know, by these certain dates. But as you were getting closer, did you find yourself changing those goals? Cause you felt like, well, this is working. So I'm going to change it. Or did you really stick to your plan and maybe, maybe it was a week or two of maintaining instead of losing because you were so ahead of schedule or um, did you then adjust what you wanted to do? I, you know, my, my original goal was, you know, a hundred pounds by January 1st. And then I realized I was getting there. I was like, okay, well, 250 is a nice round number and 250 for someone who's six two six three with my frame. That's, that's an easily maintainable weight. Now still it's obese Two I think 233 is overweight at six two six three. Um, but I thought 250 is something that I can maintain. I figure I'll get there for the, for new year's and then, maybe pick drop another five pounds for the ice cream shop. But then I realized I was getting, you know, closer and closer. So 
I stopped setting a goal as far as weight went, but my goal was let's simply begin to increase the level intensity of my workout. The, the number was still important, but I was looking more at these non-scale victories. I was like, man, you, you, you went 12 kilometers today. That's your best time ever. Or when I was doing the redneck uh, CrossFit, man, I flipped that tire 140 times. And in between that, I did four kilometers. So, you know, it, it, a goal implies stopping. Um, I, you know, what was the Bruce Lee thing is, you know, it's like a finger pointing at the moon. You don't concentrate on the finger or you'll miss all the glory. So the idea was keep going. Yeah. Two fifties. Nice. Okay. I get the two fifty. Okay. Let's take a week, stretch it out, do that. But a week later, let's find a new goal. Let's find a new way to, you know, to get there. You know, there's never really going to be a stopping point. Um, as far as that that fitness for me. So I guess that let's hit on that first and then we'll, we'll circle back a little bit. Um, is there ever going to be a, a point of this is where I maintain, this is where I'm happy at. Like, like I thought there would be that, but when you just said it that way, then I was worried. Well, but, I mean, I'm, I'm, that fitness is different than weight loss. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think quite honestly, 250 is okay with me, quite honestly. My body feels really good. But now I'm at the point is like, now we've done our cardio. We don't have to go and do two, two and a half hours of cardio every day. We'll start doing some, you know, some core lifting there. We'll just, you know, and I was throwing planks in every now and then and stretching and, and stuff like that. But I, I can now focus on, hey, let's start sculpting the body a little bit uh, more. So, you know, I know my cardiovascular health is, is good. And, you know, all the metrics came back on my blood work when they said, hey, you know, we can take you off of your, your diet, you know, your, your, uh, your diabetic diabetes medicine. We can reduce that. We can reduce this. So I know that it's doing a lot more non-scale things there. So that's really, I think a lot more important to me than the actual weight, you know, those underlying issues of health and not having a gout outbreak anymore and not really feeling even 5% of the, you know, the arth arthritis that I had, you know, not having pain in my knees, my ankles and all that every single day um, is a big is a big change. So um, not so much of a focus on getting to a specific number weight wise, but just knowing that, Hey, we're going to go in and we did, you know, back and buys day, chest and tries tomorrow. And then we'll, we'll do core that. So, uh, you know, my, my plan is we're not going to stop concentrating on fitness, but you know, that that number on the scale, it's just kind of a guideline. Now it's not a goal. It's a guide. Okay. Hey, maybe you are eating a little bit more. Let's uh, let's keep an eye on that. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I, we've never actually talked about it from from my standpoint, but at my highest in recent years, I was two eighty six, and in twenty seventeen, I did isogenics for like I would say three months. You know, a friend of a friend was doing it. Hey, give it a try, and I actually adapted to it very well. Like it didn't bother me doing the shakes, you know, and everything. Um, and I got down to 223. Yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, you know, drop two pant sizes. Like, yeah. you know, you, you go up or down that one pant size and you can make it work. Yeah. But when you have to actually start buying new clothes, you're like, oh gosh, like this is a, a change, either oh, yeah. good or bad. Yeah, I mean, I went from fitting into size 52 pants to I have size 40 shorts right now. 
and you know, you you gave me some, uh, got me some uh, Under Armour stuff there at one point, and it looked like a sports bra when you first gave it to me. And then that, you know, now it's just it's nice, it's roomy, and stuff like that. When you have to throw away 10, 15 years worth of clothes, right? You know, and and I tell people, I, I hang on to some of them. I say, they say, oh, Donnie, congratulations. They congratulate me two years from now. I could be 400 pounds a year from now. You know, always hang on to those emergency clothes. Well, well, you know, and, and that's what happened with the isogenics. And it isn't, a, it isn't a cut on them. And it isn't that typical, oh, it works for a while, then you rebound type situation. I literally woke up one day and then I was unable to physically stomach any of their product. Mm-hmm. And to this day, um, you know, they came out with some new products. They changed their mixture. They do non-dairy stuff. I've tried it all. Yeah. There's just something in their product now that, that physically makes me ill. Yeah. It, it's make, when people ask, well, what should I do for workouts? I don't know exactly, but make it sustainable, make it something, you know, don't, don't do something where you can only do it for a week or a month. And you say, you know, like I said, when I made, I made changes in my diet, I wasn't going out and adding a certain supplement. I, I did have one that I used at the ice cream shop. It was easy to just kind of uh, uh, meals um, replacement milkshake, which was okay. Threw in there with some bananas. And if I was through, I would take a slug of that and it was filling and it was okay, but it, it tasted like sorrow. And I was like, this is not something that I can, I can maintain, but just eliminating things I knew weren't good for me. And then concentrating, but what is my substitution here? Oh, okay. I can have, like I said, hummus or just, you know, smoked turkey instead of this or that or not going to have cheese. Okay. That's great. You know, love, love some cheese, but we, you know, that's, we, we, we can't have it because, you know, I don't have a um, control mechanism when it comes to food, you know, serving size, serving size recommendation. This is one serving. I don't care how big the bag is. It's one serving. So um, yeah, make sure it's sustain, sustainable. Yeah. That's um yeah, like, I, like I, it just blew my mind that I would instantly have that issue where, like, I couldn't physically eat it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it's funny you say about the whole lockdown. I'm 12 pounds lighter than when we started the lockdown. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it is eating more at home. Um, eating earlier is the big one for me. Uh, you know, I've never really been a huge soda guy. Um, I'm more of a tea guy. So cutting out, like, soda wasn't hard, but not eating after eight has been a, you know, awesome for everything. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the hard part for me was um, I'm, I'm, I'm now down to 258 today. Nice. Um, but I was really on track. I, I was going to the personal trainer twice a week because that's where you and I are different in the sense of I need someone to be that asked to me basically you know and and i tell brie that like you'll never be too hard on me right and and i'm going to need you to text me some days and say hey don't forget see you tomorrow because right. there'll be times at 11 o'clock at night on a monday that i'm gonna be laying in bed like you know what i just don't feel good or it's gonna rain and yeah. and i'm like you're gonna need and and she's she has in the last year has really figured out my trends and she can start to see where i'm getting that right little, um so Hopefully I won't get arrested by the governor or anyone saying this, but I snuck out today and, and met with her and we did a session the first time since the lock, you know, I, I went to my session Wednesday morning before the lockdown. Um, and that was the last I've seen her since March. And, and she crushed me today. Um, it, it wasn't near what we were doing before we stopped. It was kind of a, Hey, welcome back type thing. Right. But I just realized mentally how much I needed that. Right. It, it, it wasn't even 
the fitness. It was just like, I needed to realize that I was doing something positive and I wanted to keep that going. And I, I just, I was really amazed with you with, with how it was like a light switch. And, and I know it was, you know, started by the doctor's visits and the urging of your wife and all that, but to say it, but then to see it over this past year mm-hmm. and, and let's be honest, you and I still get together and we, we've been known to crush the Hong Kong buffet. And, yeah. and you know, it, it's not like a lot of things have changed. I think that's also part of the problem. Um, I, I've never been to AA. I don't really know anything about AA, but I always imagine that it's really tough for someone in AA from the social aspect. You know, you want to go hang out, but your friends are drinking or whatever, and you try to just avoid it. And that's the one thing that we didn't do. And to me, I think that's what makes it sustainable. Mm-hmm. We are still able to get together, have our lunches, or we can still go once in a while to that buffet and crush it. Yeah. Um, uh, so it hasn't been a cold turkey in the sense of the word. No, this, I, I had some really subpar workouts when I was just so tired. And you know, I remembered one of the kind of, uh, it seems almost antithetical, but it's just, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. You know, just because, oh, well, you know, I went to that buffet, I might as well miss my workout. Well, you know, I had a go to workout anyways. You, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to keep at it. Um, you know, if you, just cause you had like a one bad session in the gym doesn't mean that you need to, to, to stop going because you're not reaching that goal, go in and give what you've got that day, you know? And then, you know, and we always, I've always said, I say to my coworkers, I say to people in their high work, you know, half of everything you do is going to be below average and that's okay. You know, but did you go out and do the best you could that day? Good. Did you not do the best you could do that day? Okay. Well, then you got a chance tomorrow to, to double up on that. You, you, you can do better. But the idea is to stay, stay in the race. Keep, keep plugging away at it. Because if you give up because you did poorly, you know, then, then that's in itself is going to make it not sustainable. You know, that, that mental approach is going to power you long after your body doesn't want to go. And I think one of the things that I don't think I really told you, but that I latched on to is something that I think that you used with the Spartan volleyball team. It's like, a, we don't, it's not, we have to practice. We get to practice. I don't have to go to that gym. I get to go to the gym. You know, and once you look at that, say, oh, I get to go to the gym today. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get excited about, about doing this and then get in there and just, okay, this is the program. We're going to do the program until we're, we're done with it. Yeah, for me, one of the big changes of, of going into the gym and, and actually getting the workouts at the Y was convincing myself what was, first, what's the pleasure to get me in the door? And for me, it's like, I love the sauna, the steam room, and the whirlpool. So mm-hmm. I would just start with that. Like, hey, maybe I'm not going to work out today, but I'm sure as hell going to go in and yeah. sit in the steam room. Well, then I get there and I walk past, you know, there's the 95-year-old vet, you know, climbing on the stair climber. Uh, and I'm like, damn, if he can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I watch people that can barely walk from their car to the front door, and then yeah. they go up and put a solid hour in. I mean, it might yeah. be at the lowest level, but they're putting that hour in. So I, once I get there, I'm golden. But it, yeah. it's literally, you know, it, it was yeah. like community college. Yeah. Once I got on campus, man, it was great. But but driving to campus was – yeah. it's too That's, cold. It's too rainy. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> once, you know – like I said, it's a, you know, once the decision is made, we're going to do this. Go Roman. Go, just get me to the church, you know, and, and, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, I think this is a, probably a great point to stop for this one. And okay. 
Is there anything you want to add? Advice, tidbits? You know, um, what if you're going to do it, make it sustainable. And, you know, and just, it's okay to get down yourself after a bad workout or if you break from your, um, from your diet, don't, don't make that as a reason to give up completely. Um, just persist and, you know, find a reason to do it. You know, whether if you're doing it for yourself, if you're doing it for family, if you're doing it, um, you know, to make a team, you know, stay focused on why you're doing it. And if you stay focused on why you're doing it, you know, you'll find a way to do it. So find a level of motivation that you can always latch onto that'll never go away. And that'll make the decision to get into that gym or, or, or watch your, your diet easy. And then, you know, just go out and perform. Awesome. Well, thank you. And again, this is Donald Reeser Jr. Reeser Soft Ice Cream. And what, what's the total? Give us a total number. You started this weight loss journey. What was your, what was your high? 365.4 pounds. And as of what's this, today, May 14th? May 15th, 248, I think 0.6 or 0.7. So about 117 pounds, somewhere around there. I bounced between 247 and 250, depending on my caloric intake for the day. And that's like what, 14, 14 months? Uh, yeah, about 14, 14, 15 months. Yeah. May, March, April, May, 15 months. Yeah. 15 months. Awesome. So there you have it. No, no schemes, no plan. Just, just, I hate the word to use grit, but, but grit and determination um, to do it. You know what I, I mean? Like, I know it killed just, you to say that to give me a compliment. That's awesome. It, just it, to watch that, your face screw up when you give me a compliment. God, thanks. <laughs> um, all right, so this was part two, and the final part will be part three, and we'll, we'll probably, hopefully can do that one in person, um, and we'll talk to your alter ego, the Grim Reeser, the dart player, and, and uh, some of the mental aspects and things that you do playing high-level darts and low-level darts, uh, you know, at the local pub as well, and when you bait people like myself into challenges that that was you just you just walked in and just you put your head in the noose and right, right. just said you know let's let's go don and just the the moment when your face just dropped and i realized <laughs> that was that was better than than the wager and the payoff there just to watch that realization that you were in over your head yeah well again thank you don and um if anyone is in the lewisbury area this summer hopefully we'll be un unlocked down you can get some great ice cream and food at Research Soft Ice Cream in Lewisbury, but you can always pick up some of their awesome pints at the Carnes in Lewisbury. Well worth it. And again, thank you for your time, and we'll see you for part three. Thanks again, Dan. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Mental Cast, powered by Soul Performance Academy and hosted by Dan Mickle. You can always reach the show on all social media platforms at the username at RealDanMickle or via the show's website at danmickle.com. Don't forget to check out our title sponsor, Soul Performance Academy, at the username at 717soul and on their website, 717soul.com. We hope you can join us for our next episode.